but so anyway, so uh, then I just was like, I have nothing else to do. And I just weightlifted, weightlifted, weightlifted for years and years and years. And I was like, what am I doing? Finally, after years of this, I was like, what am I doing? Like, I have nothing to compete in. Nobody knows how badass I am and all the work I put in. I was like, I need something to compete in. And so then when I saw CrossFit, I was like, oh, I can totally do that. I'm strong. And then they're like walking on their hands. I'm like, I probably could do that if I practiced. I bet you I could. Uh, So there was just things that I had to learn how to do. And there was things that I was really good at doing. So I was just like, I think that's a sport for me. Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Rudowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. RX Mark Your Jump Ropes, the best jump ropes in the business. Our title sponsor and such great support from them. You can get your RX Mark Your Jump Ropes by going to rxmarkier.com. At checkout, use Clydesdale15, all caps, and you can get 15% off your order. Uh, you can buy jump ropes of any color, shape, size, uh, the handles. You can make those whatever you want. You can get the cable at different weights um, and different lengths, depending on your height. So check it out at rxmarkier.com. Use Clydesdale 15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. That does exclude new additions, new arrivals and special editions, but check that out. Uh, it's a great deal. In addition to that, they're also supporting our hashtag road to a thousand. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast, and you have a public profile, every time we hit the century mark with subscribers, we're giving away a brand new RX Mark Your Jump Rope. And Dave Newman, the owner of the company, has promised to throw in a couple extras uh, for that winner. So make sure you go over, subscribe, and uh, you have a public profile, and me, you may be our next winner. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good. Great. Good. Quick, quick intros, E. Uh, we've got the Clydesdale himself, Scott Schweitzer. We have his friends, Amy Rudowski. Hi there. And I'm Kat. Hello, everyone. It's Hello. nice to meet you. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I know you have some things going on with, are you, are you playing nurse today? <laughs> Uh, a little bit. She's up and moving around a little bit better than she was yesterday. I was doing a lot of running up and down the stairs <laughs> yesterday. So, so your wife had knee surgery yesterday, right? No, oh, not knee ago. surgery. She had leg surgery. So she has, oh. um, she's had some bad veins uh, that have bothered her her whole life. So she needed to get those taken care of. So she did one leg yesterday and then in two weeks we'll do the other leg. Awesome. Did, did she have an ablation? I don't know if that's what it's called, but they did put a laser in there and they like cauterized some of it. They had to take some of the vein out. So I think they used several different techniques uh, to take care of her leg, but um, yeah. Does she get to wear super, super sexy legging, lycra (laughs) thingy madoodles on her legs? (laughs) Yeah, she does. She hates them. I was going to say, I'm sure she loves them. (laughs) Yeah, very uncomfortable because they, you know, they compress really, really tight on the leg. And uh, she has to wear them for three days right now, um, day and night. She can't take them off. And I think that's what's causing her the most discomfort, which we didn't get a lot of sleep last night. There was a lot of tossing and turning on both of our ends. You know, I'm worried that she's not doing okay. So I'm trying to take care of her. And she's worried about me getting sleep because I need to train. And I'm like, Oop, okay, we can like do that later. You know, I need to take care of you. So that's sweet. Yeah. That's sweet. I, I, had, I had two, two ablations last year. And had to wear those hose myself oh. and they are just awful yeah totally uh 
Do you, do you have a similar problem? Just with, it was with the veins. Yeah. I had a vein that wasn't pumping the blood up my leg yeah. and it one in each leg and they had, they mm -hmm. basically cauterized it and killed it. Yeah. She, so she actually got a clot in one of her legs, which is, was the cause of us like looking into like what was going on. Why did she get this? Um, so, hmm. so it was good. It's good to get it taken care of. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome everyone to the show. <laughs> now that we've got that cleared <laughs> up, <laughs> we are here with, uh, with E. Shirsch. You are, I'm going to name some titles. You can add some if I miss any. So corrections officer, CrossFit games, athlete, high rocks, champion, virtual 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 champion, champion. hey virtual very accounts, very accounts different we should talk about that <laughs> we will for sure yeah and uh and i was going to mention you know spouse to the very one and only uh teresa church so that's right yes the lovely beautiful teresa church i love it i love it so we're going to take about an hour just get to know you a little bit ask you okay. some questions about your athletic past and and ask you some fun questions and just get to know you yeah sounds um, good to me awesome so you grew up in spokane yeah, it's pronounced Spokane. Spokane, um, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. East Coast. Yeah, yep. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so Spokane is in Washington, and it's on the eastern side of the Washington state, so right on the border, close to the border of Idaho, basically. Oh, okay. So, um, but yeah, grew up here my whole life. I love it. I moved away once. We, we moved away one time, and we learned our lesson, and we came right back in like six months. Yeah. What was that about uh, Southern California that sort of didn't meet your expectations? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, it was really hard for us to live down there. Uh, cost of living is extremely high. And we were making just about the same amount of money that we were making here in Spokane. And we literally had no money to hardly do anything. Uh, it was literally drive to our job, drive home. We can go to the grocery store. And I think we would go to church on Sunday and those were, that was the only thing that we could do. We couldn't do anything else. And so it really stressed our relationship. Um, and then we just decided it wasn't worth it to live down there and to constantly have, you know, the stress on, on us. And we knew that we'd be happier, closer to family living in Spokane. And we just didn't realize how good we had it here. It, this is a, a wonderful place to live. Um, and for some reason, I just thought maybe I should try living somewhere else. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What's the point of living there if you can't go out and enjoy the things because you can't, you know, afford to go and do the, the fun things. So, yeah, it was like, we didn't have enough money for gas or anything. Like, so it was, it was very, we were on very tight budget and we made things work. I mean, we both lost a lot of weight. Hey, it was, <laughs> that's the leanest I've ever been. I think. <laughs> so, so e, I've been to Spokane. Um, I was there okay. for a work conference for a week and I stayed near the spillway. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, the, the salmon there is so good. <laughs> well, that's, I think it's good. I love salmon. It's funny because I have a friend who just within the last few years, I don't know if you guys know him, Johnny, I call him baby face Johnny. Uh, he is from Alaska. So he tells me how bad our fish is compared to Alaska's fish. But I'm like, I think our fish is pretty good. Yours compared to the to Midwest is way, way, way better. <laughs> For sure. All right. I'll take that. That's cool. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so true. So so growing up there, um, you're sort of a self-proclaimed tomboy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Did you have siblings growing up close in age to you? Oh, um, yeah, I had I had three sisters. So oh. two are two are older than me, and I have one younger, and the the youngest and me are very close. We're like uh, I think it's nine months apart. Um, and then there was a, there was a gap between me and my, uh, second oldest sister, Sharia, who is my dietitian and does all that stuff for me. Um, but yeah, uh, we played a lot outside. I don't know. Sharia was a little bit of a tomboy too, but I don't know. It was, I never grew out of it. And I, or I, I mean, I already, I always knew that I was gay. So <laughs> Did you, um, I heard you say one time that you played football yeah. until you had to stop. What, what was the had to stop part? Um, it was, it just kind of like just normal stuff. Basically I, I played football outside all through, I played, I played it in elementary school. They let me onto the football team. So that was pretty cool. 
And then in middle school, it was just kind of like <clears throat> boys did football and girls did other things. And I don't remember what we did because middle school, um, middle school seasons don't follow the same seasons as like high school. So I can't remember what was going on. Maybe it was like softball or something else, but I did play softball for a really long time. Uh, so I think there was probably something else going on that I mm -hmm. was able to do. And just the fact of, you know, everybody's like, well, it's not what, you know, boys play that and girls play this. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, I got other stuff to do. Okay. So, so it wasn't, it wasn't like why. your dreams were shattered or anything because you couldn't continue. You just sort of took it in stride and found other things to do. Yeah, basically. Um, I think that if, uh, if things had aligned properly and maybe there was a league around here, cause I know they're in different parts of the country, you know, they have uh, girl football teams or just like rugby teams or something like that. If there was something available to me at that time in my life, I probably would have done that because it was my favorite sport. I loved it. Nice. Nice. Okay. And then high school track and basketball. Yeah. Track and basketball. Yep. I didn't play anything in the fall. I wasn't very good with, uh, okay. or no, it was, no, I didn't play anything. No, no, that's right. I think it's the fall. Yeah. yeah Cause track, fall track was, uh, spring. Fall was cross yeah, country. Fall, yeah. Fall's cross country. I don't, mm -mm. <laughs> I'm not a cross country person. And, uh, then there was soccer, which I tried that for a minute, but I wasn't very good with my feet. And I just am amazed at people that can play soccer. I, I don't know how they can direct the ball like so perfectly with a, a kick. Uh, I couldn't do that. So I was just like, well, I'll just take that season off. And so then uh, basketball was my main love and passion. Uh, and then track was just because I was good at it, but I didn't like running. You didn't love it. What, <laughs> I've, uh, what I've had to really, um, in basketball. So I was a guard. I was a, a driving guard. So I think they consider that a, a three. I played point guard for a little bit didn't have the best ball handling skills. I worked on them some, and so they got better. Um, but I was never comfortable as a point guard. I was better as like a, a wing basically. And I played a little post too. Sometimes I don't know. They throw me down there just so I could like push people around. I was always pretty strong naturally. So the bigger girls had trouble moving me around. Are you tall? How tall are you? Um, I'm five foot seven. So technically I'm tall for CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. Were you, yeah. were you five, seven, like in high school or did it, did you mm -hmm. grow? You were, okay. I, so, I yeah. was, yeah, I was probably five, six, five, seven. Yeah. So I, I, I pretty much was grown about, you know, sophomore year, I think. And then events and track, what, did, what were your favorites or what were you good um, at? My, the, the thing that I was best at was jumping. I was a long jumper. Uh, they tried me out with the high jump, uh, which I was good at too, but I was just a better long jumper. So then they took me from high jump and put me in a triple jump. Um, and then I was also a sprinter. So just obviously I'm genetically built for power is what I'm built for. Right. Power those, and strength. Those twitch muscles. Yeah. Yeah. So that exactly. was pretty cool. Okay. So then high school, you move on to college. You had an opportunity to go to WCU. Play basketball. WSU. And then you chose to stay back. Um, and play close to home. Was that, was that like a family decision? Was there family stuff happening where you felt like you needed to sort of be close to home? <laughs> um, okay. Well, so yeah, so I got, I got a scholarship to WSU and it was, I think it was a partial scholarship, um, but it was to go out there and be on the track team actually. Because mm. um, in high school, I was I was very good at track. I was a state champion and a tri-state champion in the long jump. Uh, and then our relay teams always killed everybody. So I had really good potential to do that. But at that point in my life, I just, I didn't enjoy running. I hated, I hated running. It's taken me a long time to learn to appreciate running. I say appreciate cause I still don't really enjoy it that much. Um, <laughs> but what happened basically was I was afraid. Um, I, my dad has lived in California my whole life. Uh, and so we would visit him, but he wasn't really around to help me make the decision. Uh, and then my, my mother is single mom and she was very hands off is a nice way to, to put it. Uh, and so she didn't steer me in any which way or direction. Uh, so I was kind of just on my own 
to figure out what I was going to do. Uh, and I was afraid to go to WSU and not have money for anything. I didn't know where I was going to live. I didn't know how I was going to, I didn't know how I was going to live. So uh, I was recruited by our local college for the, the basketball team. And I thought that would be better for me because I felt comfortable staying in Spokane. Um, I had a job here, so I knew that I could um, pay my bills and, and live just fine. And, um, and I liked basketball better. And I just thought, hey, I'll, I'll go to the community college. I'll get my AA. And then if I really want to, then I'll move on to WSU uh, and do it that way. So that's kind of how I made that decision. Okay. Yeah, that sounds, I, I had a similar situation where um, I was going to school. My parents were going through a divorce and I got accepted into Johns Hopkins and ah. like really wanted to go, um, wanted to be yeah. pre-med and University of Delaware, I live in Delaware, University of Delaware was like right around the corner and it was kind of where everybody went. And there was like some stipulations written in the divorce settlement about what would get paid for and what wouldn't. And I didn't, same thing, I didn't have the guidance to sort of even know that I could like take student loans out and yeah. you know, go to Hopkins if I wanted to. And so it's, it's tough to look back and think like what would have been, cause I do that a lot too. Cause obviously I'm not a doctor. Um, yeah, and it, that's know. incredible that you were accepted into John Hopkins. But that's like, cool. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't do me <laughs> much you know, good now. But yeah, <laughs> I I know, and I obviously I believe in God, and I just feel like that everything happens for a reason, and and I think that my path was meant to go the way that it was meant to go because I learned a lot of things for myself about myself along the way, and it has truly strengthened my character. So uh, maybe you know obviously I wasn't meant to go that way and that's okay. I, I have a great life. I feel like. Right. Yeah. I think it'd be different if we led miserable lives, it'd be easier to sort of go back and, you know, shake our <laughs> fist at that, but yeah, life's pretty good. We can't complain. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's cool. So you, you mentioned you had a job in when you started school. What was that? Oh, uh, at college. Yeah. Yeah. I worked at Jack in the box. Sweet. I was a bill collector at the age of 16, which I did not know what I was doing. They're like, call call this person on a Vista. I'm like, what is a Vista? I don't even know what a, a Vista is. Are basically our our power company. I'd, I'd be calling people on these things, trying to collect for bill money, and I have no idea what I'm talking about. But <laughs> so I left that job, and then I went to Jag the Box, and that actually I got that job because we didn't have money to put me through um, driver's ed, so I had to bicycle up to the jack the box at the top of the hill and work so I could uh get my driver's license and everything driver's ed and 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 then I kept with jack the box for a long time uh all the way through college and then I okay. went to the olive garden and then I went to beauty school yeah so let's talk about that <laughs> so you are you're a corrections officer now how do you go from Beauty school, cosmetology school to being to a corrections being officer. a corrections officer. I need to yeah, know man. this path. I'm a look, I'm a jack of all trades. This is my. I was gonna say you're like for, yeah. Yeah. You're a Renaissance woman for sure. Yeah, I'm a jack of all trades. I believe that you can learn anything that you put your mind to. Um, and I was just trying to figure out life basically. So yeah, so I enjoyed cooking. I thought that's maybe something I want to do. And then after the Olive Garden, I was like, absolutely not. Uh, and then. I knew some people that worked at the beauty school and they liked my personality and they were like, Hey, you should come work at the beauty school at the front desk because we could really use somebody like you. And I was like, gets me out of Olive Garden. I'll, I'll, of course I'll come do it. So I made a lot of friends. Um, I really enjoyed working there. And then uh, after a few years, they wanted to move me up uh, into a position that was more like desk work. And that's not me. I like to be hands-on. I like to be doing things. So I was like, you know, instead of that position, what if I went to school and I could become like a, a learning leader is what they call it. So it's a teacher that, you know, teaches hair. So that's what I did. And then after, after beauty school, that's when we moved to California. Cause I just oh. thought maybe I'd do hair in California. Yeah. That seems so glamorous, terrible idea. Then I came back, then I worked, <laughs> then I worked for four years, I think doing hair and I made a really good reputation for myself doing hair here uh, and I loved it I love my favorite thing was cutting men's hair I love I thought that was the coolest thing I thought the coolest thing 
was getting men to come in that wouldn't normally come in to get their hair done in a, a very prestigious salon and make them feel really good about themselves and be like, oh yeah, wow, I didn't know my hair could do that. Like just regular old guys, right? Like that never pampered themselves. And I loved like getting them to come back to my chair and I, I loved pampering them. And of course I did, I did women's hair. Um, I love doing blonde and stuff like that, but I've always been artistic and it was just something that I was like, I think because of my artisticness, I was like, I, I, I think I could do this. It's going to be hard uh, because I don't know anything about this. And it's not, it was never my, I never thought I'd be a hairdresser in all of my life ever. But I was like, I know I could do it. And I did enjoy it for a while. So, and it's good to have a trade just in case anything happens, you know. For sure. For sure. Is yeah. that where you met Teresa? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Teresa. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh, that was a good guess. Oh, a little scandal. Um, Oopsies. Teresa, yeah, Teresa is a badass. Um, and she's so beautiful. And she was like, so we had George who owned the school. And then Teresa was like his right hand person. And she made sure that like everybody was doing what they needed to do. She was the most knowledgeable she was just like that top top of the food chain woman walking around telling everybody like what to do but in a nice way because she's a really good leader and she really has great people skills she's much cooler than I am you guys maybe should have her on the podcast you probably like her better <laughs> um but uh yeah that's how we met uh we were just friends for a long while a very long while and I knew that I I really liked her but I had um gone through a breakup and I knew that I didn't want to just connect with her too quickly because I know myself and I was like I don't want it to be a rebound um, and so we stayed friends for a while through that and then just as time went on we just kind of like knew that we were both interested in one another and I don't know got together that way nice <laughs> nice I love it yeah um, so then when did you start becoming going into like law enforcement that that route Right. And how? So, <laughs> uh, so basically my friend, and, oh, and Teresa's brother. So Teresa comes from um, a family of like background of like law enforcement. Her cousin's a police officer here for SPD. And then her brother has always wanted to be a cop. Um, and her father, I think, worked as a juvenile corrections officer back in the day or whatever. Um, and my friend, my best friend at the time, um, she had just gotten hired, or actually, okay, sorry. DJ, Teresa's brother, got hired at the jail where I work. And he was saying, it was his stepping stone to get to, to the road, basically. And then my friend got hired. And then both of them were like, you should, you should come work at the jail, basically. They were like, I mean, okay, you do on. good hair. Is it, yeah, what, 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 I don't, what do you mean you should work at the jail? How does that, where's the connection? <laughs> I don't get that. They were just, they just know my personality. Okay. <laughs> I'm a boss too. I believe so, it. Oh, I totally believe yeah. it. So they were like, they basically they were just both like, listen, the jail is looking for females. They're, lo they're always looking for people. The jail is always looking for people here. It's a very high turnover rate. It's a very, it's a tough job. I know that, um, LEOs just being on the street that's a tough job too but there's a difference between kind of like getting to be in your own car and kind of do your own thing and and instead of being in a jail where you're surrounded by inmates and they're all, like all criminals and they're all just not very nice people so and there's things that you just would never imagine that you would ever see or ever experience basically so anyways they were just like you should work at the jail. They need some badass females. And I know you would be a for sure pick. They would pick you. And I was like, I don't know. Like I just got into a really prestigious salon doing hair and I was making really good money. And they were like, yeah, but you make good money, but do you have benefits? And I was like, no. And they're like, do you have retirement? And I was like, no. And they're like, you should really think about it. And I was like, you know, I do need to figure out a way to take care of me and Teresa a little bit better than us both doing hair. And I was like, I could totally do this. I know I could. And I've always thought about going into law enforcement. So okay. I applied. And what year and was I've that? been there. What, the year I applied? Oh, well, when, it's been like, five when minutes. When did you start? I think it was like the year before CrossFit. So like 2015 okay. maybe. 
So it's been five and a half years now. It'll be six years in July. Okay. Tough. Yeah. It's tough work, I would imagine. Is it like mentally draining for you? It's changed me as a person. And I still think I'm a very positive, happy-go-lucky person. But you, I think I've learned, it's taken time, but I've learned how to um, compartmentalize as best as I can. Um, so like when I'm home, I'm home. And when I'm at the gym, I'm at the gym. Uh, but when I'm at work, it's very different. So like once you zip up the uniform, you have like a job and a duty to do and, and you're going to do things that you'd never thought you'd have to do or you, you know, so you just have to like compartmentalize those two things basically. Yeah, I can imagine. That's impressive. I remember um, inter seeing some interviews with you or learning more about you during the CrossFit season, probably in 2018, like regionals to the games and learning that, you know, you had barely started CrossFit like the year prior and that yeah. you were, you know, working like crazy hours. I remember someone asking like, how often do you train? And you're like, I don't know, like an hour a day, like whenever I can, because I'm always working, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, we're sleeping. So I, that, that was always really impressive. So clearly that was when you were in the midst of this, the career that you're in now. And, and you don't see mm -hmm. too many elite athletes like I mean, you see a lot of athletes that are gym owners and I'm not taking away, you know, the hard work that people do as a gym owner and a coach, Yeah. but you're in that environment with like-minded people all the time so that yeah. mentally you're sort of all on an even keel, but for somebody like you to spend, you know, more than half of your time in an environment that is so not, you know, what you're about and then have to switch gears and train and at an elite level that you did, I don't it's just remarkable. Yeah, I don't even think the guys at work really understand like what I do or what I've done. <laughs> I get made fun of a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, that's okay. Cause I think sometimes getting made fun of that work is kind of like terms of endearment in that line of work. You know, everybody, right. it's a way to like talk to each other, but yeah, no, I mean, when I'm, I have always said I have an intensive personality and so when I set my mind to something or when I want to do something, I will give 100% all my focus to it to make it happen. And it seems throughout my life that has worked for me. Um, so when I was ready to start CrossFit, I was like, I want to start CrossFit. I want to go to the CrossFit Games. I, what do I have to do? I got to find the best gym in Spokane. I got to go there. I got to like work really hard. And that's what I would just do. And honestly, in the beginning, when I was 26, which is still not old for CrossFit, but it's like for starting CrossFit, that's kind of old. Um, I was like, I will just wake, I'll, I will sleep for six hours. I'll wake up, I will do three to four hours of training. And then I'll go to work for, you know, eight, but maybe 12 hours that night and then try to wake up if I get held over still early. Cause if I get held over, it's till 4am. So I guess I could sleep until maybe 11, but that only gives me like an hour, two hours to get in, you know? So I would like, the schedule was literally crazy for two, two to three years. So the first year was, you know, I was just figuring out, uh, was I even good? Could I even do this? And I, I was able to make it on, on the first six months, make it onto the team. So we did a team one when regionals was uh, normal. And then the next <laughs> year I was like, I was like, I'm going to be an individual. And that was the last year that regionals was normal. And then oh. since then, since 2018, it's been like roller coaster for me. Um, 2019 rolled around, Greg Glassman was like, we're not doing, not doing regionals anymore, everybody. We're just going to do sanctioned events. We're going to make everybody else do stuff and we're not going to do it because we want to help other people learn how to do workouts at home or whatever it was that they were doing. So, so I was like, okay, well, I'll try to play this game. I'm not a quitter. And even though my schedule is freaking crazy. So then I, I could only go to two events. Um, and that's a lot for me. One event, it, one event's perfect for me. Two events is kind of a lot, but I can handle that. It's, I have never done three events a year because of, I, I would imagine just getting off of work, right? I mean, yeah, you probably have to plan months in advance and, you know, regionals yeah, it, is probably hard for you to get off of regionals. I have to plan a year in advance. Oh, wow. Because at work you bid, 
your vacations one year in advance. So at Wadapalooza or at the, I'd have to be like, okay, in one year, what do I want to go to? So I'd scroll through and be like, these are all the events that are going, okay, I'll try to take some time off in March because nobody likes March. I could hardly take off any time in the summer because all the senior people get to bid all that. And then when you're bottom of the food chain, you get to bid what's left over. So I'd have to do my best to bid my vacation one year in advance. And then hopefully it fell kind of perfect for those competitions. And if it didn't, the only other option for me is to trade with somebody. So basically that means if you work day shift and I work swing shift, I would work your shift and my shift. So I'd work 16 hours and you would get the day off. And then you would do that for me. So I was working like double, like 16 hour days to get the time off that I needed to go to the CrossFit games and to go do other competitions, which meant no training that day, which really bothered me. But then I was like, well, at least I get to go. Like, So what led to your decision to try CrossFit or to get into CrossFit? I, I love fitness. I just love, I love fitness so much. Oh yeah, go ahead. Teresa's trying to sneak by right now. I'm sorry. Please. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> yeah. If you if you go right here, they're gonna see you. Okay. <laughs> You're fine. Okay, sorry. Um, so I've always loved fitness and I when I fin- finished playing basketball uh at the college, I was like, I don't have nothing else to do, so I'm just gonna lift weights like crazy. And the weightlifting coach was like, what the hell are you doing in here? You're, you're running yourself into the ground. You're working out so hard. What are you training for? And I'm like, nothing, life, life, pretty good life. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, one day I'm going to be 170 pounds and lean. And he's like, "Mm, I think that's impossible. And I was like, it's not, but, uh, it's, I'm still not that lean, but I am almost 170 pounds. I usually weigh in at like 168. I can weigh in at 168, like comfortably. But so anyway, so uh, then I just was like, I have nothing else to do. And I just weightlifted, weightlifted, weightlifted for years and years and years. And I was like, what am I doing? Finally, after years of this, I was like, what am I doing? Like, I have nothing to compete in. Nobody knows how badass I am and all the work I put in. I was like, I need something to compete in. And so then when I saw CrossFit, I was like, oh, I can totally do that. I'm strong. And then they're like walking on their hands. I'm like, I probably could do that if I practiced. I bet you I could. Uh, so there was just things that I had to learn how to do. And there was things that I was really good at doing. So I was just like, I think that's a sport for me. Nice. We're going to take a short break from our interview to tell you about our newest sponsor, Up Before You Coffee. They are an amazing coffee. It is delicious, has different little notes of chocolate and things like that. Um, And it's really clean and crisp uh, when you drink it in the morning. Uh, But they have a light roast. Uh, They also have a medium roast, as you can see there. Um, We are so excited about the sponsorship. Uh, If you use Clydesdale 20, all caps, Clydesdale 20, you can get 20% off your order. Just go to upbeforeyou.com and uh, order your coffee. It's delicious. You'll love it. Yeah. So, so in 2018, you got to go to the, the, probably the most competitive regionals there was, <laughs> right? Um, you get third place slash second place. Thanks to mm-hmm. Emily Abbott and on all that. Yep. You, did you know her? Do you know her? Are you no, what, because I was so new to CrossFit. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I try hard not to judge other people because I don't want to be judged. And I don't like when people make assumptions about me, but right. I just, I mean, it's, I don't know. I didn't know her as a person. It seems like everybody that knew her as a person believes that she like messed up. And I just yeah. believe that's hard to, I just believe that's hard to believe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure you've probably been accused uh, as a lot of elite athletes have been accused of, you know, tampering with stuff and doing things they're oh, yeah. not supposed to take and all oh, that. Yeah. And it's like, well, especially because of the way I look, since I have short hair, I have muscles and I have short hair. So I'm definitely taking steroids. Right. What, what's considered. And you have tattoos. So you're, you I'm like, you know, you know, I'm like, yeah. you know what, if you cut off 
Amanda Barnhart's hair, she did look like a dude too. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying anything bad about a man. I'm just saying, like, yeah. just to say, so a girl has big muscles and then you have short hair. So it's definitely, that's definitely, you're definitely a boy. You're definitely taking testosterone. I'm like, absolutely not. I'm not. I just got my blood work done and I'm doing great. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so 2019 sanctionals come around. You talked about sort of having to, you know, figure out what you're going to do. Wadapalooza and Granite Games? Is that your path? Wait, uh, can you, that was when? 2019, 2019 right? right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So Wadapalooza, Granite Games, and yep. then the 2020 Open comes around. Did you, had you put in for any sanctionals that got canceled because of COVID? Yes. I was supposed to go to um, the West Coast Classic, which I was so excited about because I had such a good regional at, uh, at Del Mar in, in that facility or wherever that is, yeah. what, whatever it's called. And so I was super stoked to go back. I was like, uh, I'm definitely going to have another good year. Like I felt so good. I, my training had was so good. I felt like I had peaked. I was nice and lean. I was weighing in at like 158 and I was like, I'm, I'm definitely going to which I had, and I had shoulder issues and they weren't the best, but they had gotten better. So I felt like I was ready to go in 2020. And then when that, when they took that away, I got a little bit blue. I was kind of sad. Yeah. I think everybody was looking forward to that one too. It was just going to be like a star studded event, you know, yeah. loud and live does any- a great job. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then it was just kind of picking up the pieces and trying to figure out what I was going to do. And then when you just realize that everybody's in the same boat, it's like, well, what are you going to do? You got to do something. So yeah. I kept training, you know, in my garage and um, lucky for me, uh, not too long ago. My, so my friend owns Blackout CrossFit, which is the affiliate that I'm, we're with. Uh, and they have a location that's in Post Falls, which is in Idaho. So Idaho, you, you was open, whereas Washington wasn't. So is it open now? Yeah. Or, uh, wait for Washington. Yeah. I think like, yes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It's like, it's, it's like, you can have this many people and I think you still have to wear a mask, Okay. but you can go, but you can go to a gym. Gym. And so she had created, she had made it into a wellness center where everybody had to wear masks and you had to have like mental health coaching, but you yeah. can still like lift weights, but it was for like, it's creative. So, I like that. Is that yeah. Salem you're talking about? Yeah, that's Salem. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is that why, so the online virtual Hyrox thing, did that sort of, if the, I'm assuming if the pandemic hadn't happened, you might not have stumbled onto that. Correct. That's probably a hundred percent correct. Yeah. Okay. Great. So You've admitted that you don't like to run. <laughs> Physically, you wouldn't you wouldn't be pegged as a traditional like endurance athlete. No, I'm big. I'm a big body. So, uh, okay, explain. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all has it all starts with Teresa. Teresa saw something online, as well as you know Salem, and then I don't know if you guys know who Alyssa Holly is, but she. Um, is or was or I don't is a pro Spartan racer here in town in Spokane. She lives here, and so I remember hearing Alyssa and Salem both talk about high rocks, just kind of like around. So I knew that there was some competition called that. I didn't know exactly what it was about. Then Teresa, way later during 2020, saw that they were doing this online competition, and she was just like, "Well, I know you don't have anything to compete in. Maybe this would give you some motivation, and you might be happier to compete in something." And she's like this is what it is. So I looked at it and I was like, uh, there was some templates of like, this is what the workouts might be like. And so I knew that they were more geared toward like running, but there was CrossFit type movements in there and it was really, really light. So I was like, I was considering, I was like, well, that's not going to be hard. The running is going to be the hardest thing. I was like, so, I mean, it seems kind of like the open, maybe I'll just do it. And Teresa's like, you know, if you win, you could win $3,000. And at ding, the time, ding, ding. <laughs> well, and at the time I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Did I want to still stay with CrossFit and compete? Did I want to try competing in something else? And <clears throat> I was, 
I was looking at something called the tactical games, which is starting to like be talked about just because like I like shooting guns and um, I was like, oh, I'm fit too. So like maybe that'd be something to look into, but I didn't have a rifle. Mm. So I was like, well, if I win this, then I could buy my rifle. And Teresa's like, okay, well, if you win, you can do whatever you want with the money. I was like, okay. So that's how I basically got into it. And you won. Yeah, I won. But <laughs> I, I think it was a little lucky. So what was the event? What is it? Was it similar to the one like in Germany that Sam Briggs did that is different? Okay, explain so, what it was. So if we're talking like strategically and I'm being honest, I think I won because well tech okay so there was five workouts and then after the five workouts they did the one final workout that was live so the five workouts they did a running workout with like crossfit stuff and then a rowing workout with crossfit stuff and then running rowing running and so i was like every time we did a running workout i got smashed by lauren weeks and i'm like this girl's like speed demon she runs so fast i'm never gonna catch her so like each running workout would come around. I'm like, okay, well, the only, the best place I can get is second place. So I'll just try to run really fast, but running is hard for me. So those workouts would smash me. And then I would try to do my best to catch up on the rowing workouts. So when they announced the final workout, wasn't going to have to do with any of the points of the previous workouts that mm. whoever won would just win. I was like, oh, well, I'm second place right now, but I was like, I have a chance to win this. And I was like, do you think they're going to do a running workout? If they do a running workout, I'll take second. I was like, but if they do a rowing workout, I have a very good chance to take first place. And so when they announced it, it was a rowing workout. And I was like, oh, I'm going to win. I'm going to win this. And so I think I, it was lucky from the perspective that it was more CrossFit virtually because their live competitions are straight up for runners, not for CrossFit people. Yeah. And well, I imagine if it was live and it was on they were broadcasting you like cameras on you. Is that, yeah. so running would have been hard, right? Cause everyone would have had to have like someone chasing them with a camera or a runner, an air runner or something. That's yeah. Great. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, yeah. So, and then, you know, they wanted me to come out and do a live and I was like, Oh man, that's a lot of running, but I said that I would do it. And they invited me to go out to Germany to do the world's one, but it was like right when we were taking our family vacation and I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Like, I want to have fun on my family vacation. I don't want to train up into it up until then. It was also in November, I think. Mm -hmm. So then they invited me out to Dallas and I was like, yes, this is my chance. I can compete. And I'm, I, you know, I be going to be like, I'm going to kick everybody's butt. But I, I honestly looked at this like an opportunity to do something that would be very difficult to do because I do like to challenge myself. Um, I think it's really important to do things, to push myself to do things that I don't think I'm very good at because I feel like it helps me build character. So I try to do those things every so often. Um, but I was like, I'm gonna give it everything I got and try to give these girls run for their money, you know, <laughs> is what I thought. So who took your place in Germany then, I wonder? Cause they I don't know. get five girls, Probably right? Sam. Sam, okay. Oh. Probably Sam. I don't. I don't know that for sure, but I did. Wa I did watch that. Did you watch it? Yeah, we watched. It. Watch we actually, we actually just interviewed Sam yesterday. That's right. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Uh, so when I was watching it, all I can think of, and Sam Briggs is still a beast. I know that Sam is getting older, and I don't know which. I don't know how she feels about like how her fitness is going and her body and stuff like that. I do know that she's a little older, but she's still a beast. And so when I watched her do the live competition against all these tiny little like runner people i was like go sam go you be the one for the crossfit community and and i mean she was she was killing it she still she kills it if, uh in if she's going against other crossfitters and it's an endurance event who's gonna she's one of the top favorites of everybody right we know that she's yep. gonna crush it so when i was watching her and i just it's not that she, she didn't do bad at all she did great but just seeing that she had taken fourth against all these other like little runners, I was like, mm, it doesn't look good for me. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look very good for me. I was like, cause Sam would like lap me. So I was like, uh, this might not be, maybe I should start running more. <laughs> That's great. 
So that February, yeah. the February Dallas has gotten postponed, right? Just recently? Yeah. And it's April now and it doesn't work for you, right? Yeah, I don't think it's going to work for me. So, well, I know it's not going to work for me. Basically, uh, I have other commitments is what I said. I feel like, I don't know how many people will hear this, but I have, I'm, I'm in school at the moment. Okay. Um, Four. And I don't want to say. Okay, that's fine. Fair enough. I just, yeah. I, but basically I have in-person skills and labs that are mandatory mm -hmm. during that the month of April. And so oh, I bummer. have to, yeah, I have to be there and I emailed my instructor and I kind of told him what was going on. And, uh, and he was like, these are mandatory days. And if you miss these days, you won't be able to make them up. And so you would have to, I'd have to wait till the next class, which wouldn't be until like August. Yeah. Don't do that. That, this no. way you don't have to practice running either. So that's all <laughs> I'm still practicing running because I <laughs> intend to do the, the virtual competition again, which okay. doesn't defend, defend I, your title. Yeah. Well, doesn't it sound like, I don't know if you've been paying attention to what they were, were saying the VCF is going to be this year, but they said it's going to be one day this time yeah. and there's going to be three workouts. And doesn't that sound more crossfit to you? Than it does like maybe, endurance. maybe less running yes maybe less running for sure now christy is christy ermo supposed to do that too right do you know christy well uh i don't know her um okay. i was i probably rubbed shoulders with her at the 2018 crossfit games um everybody was nice to me so that's good um, yeah she is she is uh she's she's been on our show a couple times and she's from the area that amy and scott are so scott and amy know her pretty well and she's yeah. a runner, like for sure. She's <laughs> right up there with like Kristen Holta and Sam when it comes to like yeah, running she events. Is in so, yeah, she's good. We were excited to hear that she was doing it. And then when I saw you were on it too, I was like, well, duh, like we have to talk to me <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm just one of those ones that I'm like the the fly that are like, what are you doing? Just go away. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to do this. I'm going to no. do it really hard. I'm going to see how I do. I'm going to push, you know, help people get better along the way too by pushing them. It's it sounds like you love competing, but would you consider yourself like, are you an anxious competitor or are you pretty confident? I mean, you sound pretty confident, but I know we're all still a little bit nervous before, right before the workout starts, but how would you describe your, your type? Mm, I'm all over the place when I'm training. I have all kinds of different feelings about like, I'm not doing this hard enough or this or that. But when it, when it comes time to like compete, I'm very confident. And I tell my, I have. I have confident things that I tell myself like when I'm training too, just like during during regular work days or whatever. But when I when I go to compete, I have nothing but good things to tell myself. And and if anything, I'm just like, you're just they don't even know, you know, you'll give them a run for their money. And like you might not win, but that's okay. You're gonna do great for yourself. So I always have I always feel very confident when I'm competing. So do you think that mindset oh sorry is was kind of always had that mindset or would, did that come from a coach or is that just who you are? I think it was just how it was. I mean, I remember competing in high school, uh, like for track and like, uh, I knew that I had some like big jumps and that there were some other girls that could jump pretty far. And so it'd just be like, my coach would just make me responsible. Like you warm yourself up, like you keep yourself warm. Like you know, you put your mark down, it's like all on you. And so you just kind of, I just remember learning to just learn to be confident and just know that like, I don't know. I've kind of always just done it myself. I've done a lot of things myself, like growing up. Uh, so I don't have, I don't have any anxiousness. There's a little bit of adrenaline that hits you, right? Right when the, you know, they start the countdown, but that adrenaline is used for good purposes, you know, to help you through the workout. So yeah, that's powerful. Does, um, is Teresa more of your, your, does she take on all the nerves when you compete? I don't know. She's never, no, she, I want to say no. And we've never really, I guess, I don't think she gets super nervous. She gets a little nervous, but I think that she's confident because she knows I'm confident. Mm -hmm. And even if I'm like, if, if something goes bad, <laughs> she's going to be like, okay, well, stop crying about it. Like, what are you going to do about it? Like, you're going to get better. You're going to like feel sorry for yourself. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like we'll move on. That's a, that's a good pep talk for sure. Okay. Yeah. That's great. 
Well, let's switch gears a little bit. We just have some fun questions we want to go through and, and ask and get your reactions to, and it might, might spark some conversation and, and we'll see where we go. Um, morning person or night owl? I am a night owl. Yeah. Because I, I work late. I was going to say, is that work? Yeah. I'm, work I'm at work from like, yeah, three twenty to like 11 20. And so I don't get okay. to bed until like one or 2 AM usually. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So I got one for you. Are, what do you prefer the most? A ski erg, a row erg, or a bike erg? Mm, I'm going to go with a rower because I feel like if I could only use one of them, I think that works more of the muscles, more muscles, legs, upper body, core, back. So I Tell like that us, one. Uh, give, us, give us a few words that describe the marathon row for you. Oh, geez. Oh, painful. <laughs> I don't know. Mentally taxing. And then, uh, yeah, t- tired. And I was so sore, sore, so sore. Would you consider that like one of the, one of the most challenging workouts you've ever done? Yes. Very, yes. The most challenging workout that I've ever done. I honestly, I look back and I can't believe I did that. I think the last hour I just closed my eyes and I rode like, yeah. And I, the next day when I woke up or throughout the night, my hip flexors had locked up. So, and we still had, you know, days left in the competition and I was in so much pain. I could not lift my right leg. And so I started like freaking out and I'm like telling Teresa, I'm like, how am I going to beat? I can't lift my leg. And I'm like freaking out. And I was like really upset. And she's like, it's going to be okay. And so like, we rolled it out. I took some ibuprofen. I went to bed and like, I had to do that like several times that night. And then luckily in the morning when I woke up, I could kind of lift my leg. So I was like, okay, it's getting better. And so thankfully, I don't know how. And then we had that rest day that uh, they gave us. So I think that helped. So then I was able to still compete. It was, it was so nice of them to give you a rest day after a marathon row. <laughs> I know. That was really Thanks, nice. Dave. Thank yeah. you, Dave. See, he's not that much of an asshole. Yeah. Well, but he might be a prick. <laughs> um, dogs or cats? person i love my kitty cats but i really want to get a dog i've had puppy fever for the last two years yeah so hopefully we get a dog i'm hoping this year babe (laughs) (laughs) i love it um clean and jerk or the snatch uh clean and jerk definitely any how come um it's easier for me easier snatch hurts yeah snatch (laughs) hurts and i think it's the i don't even know I just, and I like that I can lift more weight on the clean and jerk. Gotcha. There you go. All right. So how important is your faith to your sporting endeavors? Oh, super important. Uh, my faith is important to like my everyday life, especially, I mean, when I want to use it, uh, sorry, you guys still there? Yeah. Okay. Somebody was trying to call or something. Um, but when, I don't know, it gives me so much strength. Um, I I feel like it gives me strength. It gives me courage. It gives me wisdom. And I feel like a lot of times I'm training alone, but I don't feel like I'm alone because I feel like God's with me. Um, so that really helps me in those, when I'm having dark days, I'm not feeling like training. Um, he, he helps motivate me, uh, to continue on. So and especially I don't like running, you know, but the only thing I can run to is uh, worship music. I have to listen to Christian worship music and then my runs go much better. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, best advice you've ever been given. Um, so it would definitely be my, so my father, my father told me, cause we lived with my mom. I just remember like doing chores as a little kid and being like, oh, mom makes us do all the chores. I gotta like sweep the floor and vacuum the living room. And so I would complain to him about it. And he just would tell me like, whatever you do, you know, do it for the Lord. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, he doesn't care if I'm sweeping the floor. But what he meant was just like, whatever you do, like give it all of your hard work. And I feel like that has literally carried over into every aspect of my life. And um, I don't like doing anything if I can't put all my focus into it, which maybe gives me my intensive personality because Teresa will even say like, you're all or nothing. And I'm like, yes, yes, I am. So it's got to be all or nothing. And I got to give all my hard work. And so 
I just try to remember to do it for God, whatever it is. I love that. Uh, your absolute dream job. Okay. So if you would have asked me this like three years ago, I would have been like, oh yeah, I wish I could be a, a CrossFitter for life. Like elite CrossFitter. I don't have to work a job. I can work out whenever I want. And after I got a little taste of that in 2018, kind of like what happened when you kind of get a little bit more recognized, I didn't like it as much. Mm. So I think my dream job would to be like on the food network channel and have like a food show where I like go around and, and taste different foods. And I tell everybody about it. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Mark Weens. He's on YouTube. That would be even better. I just have my own YouTube channel and I would travel the travel the world and I would eat food and I'd tell everybody about it. Nice. Like an Anthony Bourdain. That's the first yeah. person I thought of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that where stuff you, is fun. And I, I love food. So where would you want to travel I love to? Cooking. Anywhere. Like, um, I really want to go to, uh, Thailand. Uh, I always watch Mark. You guys got to check him out. Mark Weens on YouTube. Uh, and he does all these, di yeah. And I think it's, uh, W E I N S, but he is in, he's done so many, um, episodes in Thailand right now. Cause that's where him and his wife live. And I'm like, man, that food looks so good. And the spices, like, I really like good flavor. It has to be very flavorful. And, and it looks like their food would be the best. So I definitely would want to go to Thailand. My sister lived there for many years and I never got to visit her, but she, that's where she wants to retire. Like she wants to move. Yeah. There and retire. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. What is your favorite thing about yourself? Um, I would say my resolve. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that I'm such an optimistic person all the time, but I know that I'm an optimistic person most of the time. And I think that has to do with like my resolve. So when I, I've had plenty of roller coasters rides through my life um, that have taught me a lot. And I feel like I have each time um, I pick myself up and been like, you know, like you can get better or you can get bitter. And you know, which one do you want? And I always want to get better. And I feel like that helps keep me optimistic. And I like to help other people stay optimistic when they're going through their tough times, even if it's annoying, even if they're like, why are you so optimistic? I'm like, because <laughs> it's not the end of the world. It's going to be fine. I love that. I love your attitude. Um, so CrossFit this year, is that yeah. still, you talked about school and you talk about how you like to go all in and sort of give hundred percent focus. It, do you still have the games in your sites this year? Mm -mm. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Uh, yeah, that's, so when you decide you're going to train for the games, everything has to go on the back burner. You can't have anything else. Like it has to be like family time, back burner. Like Teresa wants to go out. Sorry, I can't go out. Like, I'm not like, I, because for me, I don't know about other people, but for me, because I spend so much time at work, I have very little time to train. And so everything has to revolve around that. Like my eating schedule, like when I'm training my sleep and with school involved in that too, I'd almost have to push that on the back burner. Um, so I just, I don't even know if I want to do that anymore. I felt like when you, when you're, when you're trying to compete at that really high elite level, it takes a lot of sacrifice. And so when you look at these elite athletes, you really do have to appreciate not just their hard work, but the sacrifice they make in their daily lives in the sense of like their relationships with other people, their relationships with their family, not saying that they're having bad relationships, but they just don't get to spend a lot of time or enjoy those parts of their life as much. Um, and I'm 32 now. And I think what I'm starting to see, or I feel like I've been praying a lot and I've been asking God like to help show me the right way um, for my life. And I just feel like I will always compete and I'll always be a competitor. But right now I'm kind of in this transition period where I feel like um, what's most important right now is my career and getting set up that way. Um, and, and CrossFit and just athletics in general or high rocks or whatever it may be is kind of like something that I've been blessed with like a physical ability to do. 
and I enjoy doing those things and it does fulfill um, like a, a part of my purpose. But sometimes, and I prayed about that too, like, is this supposed to be what I'm doing? Or is it just like, this is something fun that you've given me to like enjoy life with, you know, or do I, do I keep being selfish and pushing everything else aside so I can do this one thing or should I, should I focus on other things? And I feel like um, through 2020, this is something that has constantly been coming up. And I just feel like that's kind of where I feel like I am right now. So I feel like I'd like to focus on my career uh, and better myself in the gym in my own way um, and compete where I can. And I'm not putting a label on like, so there could be some surprises. So I don't want to say that I, I won't do things, I guess, but to say that I'm, I'm going for the games this year is probably, I, I would say no. So your focus is elsewhere right now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I, I am really excited about what I have, I have planned for myself for the future. Um, I think it's going to be great and it's going to be very good for me and Teresa. And I feel very confident that it is the right thing for me to do, but I know that I'm, I'm also really excited to see what else could be coming up to compete in <clears throat> just for fun because I'm, I, you know, I'll, I'll always compete. I don't have to win, but I'll, I'll be around. So you guys might be surprised at the things that I do, or I don't know, maybe I won't do anything. Maybe I'll do a bunch of things. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's been a real pivotal year for a lot of people. And we've talked to a bunch of folks yeah. in the sport and they're, they're starting to shift gears. Right. And I think coming off the heels of such a crazy year, like 2020 is gives a lot of people some perspective to sort of sit back yeah. and think about it and go, am I on this path? You know, is this a path I should be on? And it's not the end of the world if you shift gears, especially yeah, if totally. in the long run, it's going to be better for you. So when would we be able to find out more about like, when will your schooling slash next career path sort of come to fruition if all goes as planned? Well, schooling should be done by the end of April. So by oh, May, nice. I should be, I should be done. And then I would be on to the next step of like my future. Okay. So I'm going to school first and then I would have to, yeah. I, so basically, you know, I'm not saying this because I want you to <laughs> tell us not at all. Okay. Here's what I was yeah. saying was I want you and Teresa to come back on the show maybe oh, okay. after April or at a time when maybe you can talk more about it and maybe you've oh, surprised okay, yeah. us with some, you know, other things that have gone on and, and we can find out about them. Yeah, so May would be good. I mean, schooling would be done, but I would still probably have, and God only knows how long, I hope in the next year it would be all okay. finished. But some of these processes take time and there's lots of things involved. Um, basically, I'm trying to transition my career. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to, and people know this at the jail, uh, I don't want to retire at the jail. Um, I believe that I was meant to be there, even though it changed, it, it's changed me a little bit as a person, but I feel like I have kept a wholesome, good heart, but I think the change was actually, uh, when I look at it now, I'm like, I think it was good. I think I learned a lot of things and I, I, I saw, I see a side of humanity that I never knew existed. And so now I see both sides. Cause I feel like before I was very naive, um, and I was just lived in a happy go lucky life and the bad things don't happen but you hear about and you see things happen on the other side now that you would, that most people would normally only see like on Netflix or on a documentary. So I feel like having both, seeing both sides of humanity has, will help me in my next step of career, so. Oh, well, I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. This has been awesome. Uh, you are quite a remarkable person. Um, and I meant what I said, let's have you guys back and we'll bring sure. Trace on. We love talking to couples, by the way. Like that's like our thing. <laughs> we have a lot she, of fun with it. She's way cooler than me. Well, we would love she to is. meet her. She, she, we'll she, to her. Yeah. You are so much fun. Yeah, this hour has flown <laughs> oh, by because it feels so easy. I mean, just, just yeah. chatting and hearing your story. I love it. Yeah, cool. You guys have been awesome too, so. Well, I would love to do this again with you. And okay. Teresa, Teresa would love to do it too. I'm sure. That'd be awesome. great. All right. Well, you take care. We'll be keeping an eye. Maybe we'll see you in the open. Maybe we'll see some surprises. We'll definitely look at some high rock stuff and just see where you're at. Um, Ordinary Human is your Instagram? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's under a little bit differently, but it's but just, it's, yeah, it's ordinary. We'll, we'll put a link in our, uh, in our <laughs> YouTube thing. I love it. Yeah, All right, E, yep. it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much. Yes, yeah, good luck in everything. Good luck. We'll thank you. I appreciate it. Tell Teresa we said bye. Okay. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.